back to Willard and Diz. Take it away, Mark. No, 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 Steph. You take it away. I'd like you to play some basketball this afternoon. You take it off, oh, Steph. Oh, Seven the game, right? Uh, he's questionable after uh, getting a little dinged last night. Um, and this is. Well, he got the fourth quarter off last night. What's the problem? Yeah, exactly. Damn it. They all get, did. Might get all four quarters off tonight, but I doubt it. Questionable, I think. Yeah. Probably see him. It is Warrior Wednesday. Brought to you by SFO. Go to flysfo.com slash holidays for your chance to win a thousand dollars toward a nonstop flight from SFO today. So Wiggins out, Clay out, Draymond probable, right? Steph questionable, uh victory questionable. Right. I would imagine that uh and this is me guessing it's a hypothetical but based on what you just laid out i would imagine steph out and then draymond last minute out you've got a six game road trip Why this is the say- second half of a back to back you think draymond's going to miss too if steph doesn't play huh. draymond's not playing i'm Why telling they, you that well we call him probable and then not play him i don't think they'll do that well i mean he's probable france by the way he's probable based on uh <laughs> on the fact that if Steph plays, he's going to play. But if Steph doesn't play, Steph's questionable. Would you imagine that Draymond would go out there with uh, Jordan Poole? He does know Jordan Poole mm. against Indiana. I just feel, Mark, mm-hmm. like six-game road trip. You've got a pair of back-to-backs. This is the first of two. I just I get the sense that this is going to be one of those times where they might just take the L up front. Um, let's see. So the Indiana Pacers is Exact same record as uh, as the Warriors have. They're a fourteen and fourteen basketball team. I think the Warriors zero and one after what happened here a week and a half ago. Um, I don't know. Like I think when you look at these road trips, if you are going to back off and load manage, I think the Warriors' philosophy has actually usually been do that in in a game that you may not win anyway. But go try to get the ones you think you can get. And I think that tonight is one of those nights. I know it's on a back-to-back, but I'm not defeatist on that. It's just because you you played last night doesn't mean you're automatically going to lose today. I bet you Steph plays. Okay. And I bet you Draymond plays, too. Um, well, if Steph plays, Draymond plays. If Steph doesn't play, I can't imagine Draymond playing without Steph, without Wiggins, and without Clay Thompson. That's just my yeah. my gut feeling. And you know, you're playing against an Indiana team. There is a little bit of a revenge angle. The Pacers got you here in I almost said in Oakland, but here at Chase Center earlier in the month. And the Warriors, both teams, fourteen and fourteen. Just about everyone in the NBA, by the way, is 14 and 14. Exactly, which is good news for the Warriors, if you will, because all it takes is one little plucky five-game win streak at some point in the season, and poof, you're the two seed. Right. Like, that's that's kind of the way it looks. Like, yeah, the Warriors right now, 14 and 14. Do you know how many games they are out of first place? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Four and a half! They're four and a half games. They're a half game out of ninth. Ninth is a half game out of eighth. Eighth is tied with seventh. Seventh is a half out of sixth. Sixth is tied with fifth. Fifth is a half game out of fourth. So you've got two games separating fourth, Phoenix, and Golden State in tenth, and two and a half games between fourth and eleventh, Minnesota. I'm going to say that you got to be at least five games over 500 right now in the NBA to sort of say that you've separated yourself from 500. You got to be at least five over. Do you know the number of teams in the entire NBA that are five games over 500? The answer is seven. seven. Yeah, That's I just it. Looked, yeah. That's it. And one of them is the Brooklyn Nets. 
five games over 500, and they've been wobbly this year for a lot of obvious reasons. But teams that are like really separating, really playing well, winning at least two-thirds of their games, only four. Boston, Milwaukee, the two teams the Warriors just played, and then New Orleans and actually Memphis. Yeah. Like even Phoenix right now, 16 and 12. They're only two games ahead of the Warriors. So Warriors 0-2 against New Orleans, yet to play Memphis. One and zero against Boston, zero and one against Milwaukee. So and zero and two against Phoenix, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, in yeah. terms of, you know, it's weird because the Warriors have done well against some teams. They've done poorly against the dregs of the association, which is which is why this road trip to me feels more important than a normal six game trip would. One more question on that before we get back to Carlos Correa and your phone calls. Back to Correa. Your grade on the Giants offseason now with this very, very new information. Very big day yesterday. It wasn't just Correa. Got another starting pitcher as well who was very, very good last year in Ross Stripling. Um, and so, uh, so, yeah, how does that change the grade? 8 8 9579570 how do you read this cuz i always believe when you get questionable probable and doubtful and all that's out there vegas is putting numbers out they know they know because have you ever tried to do this this is if you're one of these people that's got a little betting account this is kind of funny that people will always try to do this it never works you'll see something on twitter you're like oh he's doubtful what you run to your betting app yeah. and you think you're gonna beat the you're gonna beat Vegas to the spread? Right. I'm gonna bet it before they know. They knew yesterday. They know they're never. If they don't know, it's, it's off, off the board. It's off the board. Yeah. The Warriors are on the board. So you tell me, does this spread tell you the Warriors are playing Curry or are not playing Curry? The Warriors tonight are two point underdog. Yeah. In the game against the Indiana Pacers. That tells me that Curry's playing. Okay. Because the Pacers are, you know, the Pacers and Warriors, as they're comprised right now, pretty even. Pacers are at home. You would give them a couple of points for the home edge. And that, by the way, is knowing that Clay Thompson is out. You Clay's knew that, out. Wiggins you knew that out. was going to be yeah, out. And you exactly. knew Wiggins was going to be out. Those were known factors. So if the announcement comes in the next couple of hours that Steph, in fact, goes from questionable to out, this game goes off the board first. And then plus seven. I was right? going to say nine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably closer to nine. I'm with you. Honestly. And, and actually. That was when I saw that. I'm with you, and that's why I was like, I think he's playing. Yeah, because Vegas thinks he's playing. So yeah, yeah. And they wouldn't allow this line to sit out there if there, you know, if Steph was doubtful. It would be off the board until you got an official declaration, and right. then you would repost the number with Steph's status in mind. Yeah, absolutely. So, of course, as always, all of that right here on the home of the Golden State Warriors. It is a 4 o'clock tip. We'll get our coverage going at 3 o'clock this afternoon right here on the home of the Warriors. 95-7 the game. Steph Curry, questionable. Draymond, probable. Wiggins and Clay are out as they go in Indiana and try to get one of those elusive road victories. Okay, back to Carlos Correa and how the entire offseason for the San Francisco Giants has changed. Here's another reason why I'm going to give the whole offseason in this moment an A-. minus. And yes, still some more things to do. They're smaller things. Here's one thing that I'm just big on. In, in, in And this goes for the Giants. This just goes in life, okay? I felt, even though they didn't say it this way, the San Francisco Giants, going into this offseason, they made you a promise. They made you a promise. And they kept it. 
That's huge. Yeah. That is huge. Now, they never would have said, we promise, because technically, you can't do that. I don't know. Like, I don't know if I'm going to get a free agent. We're going to try. Right? Yeah. Nobody loves the word try, especially at a high level. No one wants to, right? Yoda. Especially when you've tried yeah. before. Yeah. Thank there's, you. There's no try. And you failed. Right. So, do or do not. There is no try. Right. But you're And going, that applies to, to uh, general managers, I think. No doubt. Absolutely. Thank you, but, but you're going up against other big time organizations that are also going to try, right? I mean, they're going to come at you with bajillions of dollars, too. But the Giants said. They said it repeatedly, and I, I remember saying to you, this is what I'm so happy about is they put themselves in the pressure cooker. They said, there's no contract that's out of our reach financially. And, and yes, we're going to adjust the way that we look at this. And yes, the time is now. They said all of those things, which indicated to me a promise to you, the fan, that they were not going to come back with an anonymous lineup next year. <clears throat> They kept their promise. And, and for me, that's almost the entire banana. I don't know who's going to get hurt. I don't know who's going to have a good year or a bad year. I don't know if Hanniger's going to hit 40 homers or four. but Probably somewhere in between. Somewhere, <laughs> that'd be my bet, too. Yeah. But they made a promise. They kept it. I think the moves they've made conceptually make sense. And so... A minus, and and thank you for keeping your promise. Yeah, the big one was Carlos Correa because you promised that you're going to spend money, and when you start out the entire cycle with a qualifying offer to Jock Peterson, a guy who you hope never has a baseball glove within his arm's reach, and you know he's only going to play two-thirds of the time as a designated hitter, and you give him 19.6, that's not a great start to... Fulfilling what you talked about, which is your promise. And even when you go Mitch Hanniger, which unfortunately breaks the day that Judge signs with New York, you feel for Mitch Hanniger because if that signing would have happened uh, today and then the Correa thing happens tomorrow, or maybe the Mitch Hanniger happens tomorrow, the day after Correa, we're all going crazy for Mitch Hanniger. You love it. You love it because he's a guy, when healthy, who can provide you 20 to 25, maybe 30 home runs. That's a signing, I think, that was overshadowed by the failure of Aaron Judge. Sean Manaya, Ross Stripling, those are pitchers. Those are B-level pitchers to me. I'm not thrilled. Now, if they go out and they both have big years, well, now you're on to something as yep. a team. Yeah, I'm with you that the second Correa signed, there was a trickle-down effect, and it made all those other signings feel okay. Definitely. Because before you've done Correa, each of those, you're like, well... That it, you know, my reaction to Manaya, I, I remember Manaya breaks. I quote tweeted and I go, "It's fine if there's other stuff." Yeah, and and now there is. So if you have Correa, suddenly Hanniger is like, "Okay, I dig that." But Giants fans have been so there's such a scab that got picked there, which it's like you are not going to nickel dime us again this December, are you? And the answer is no, no. They're unequivocally... The 13-year deal is not nickel dime. They are not nickel dime. It's a lot of nickels. It's a lot of dimes. $436 million in the last three That they've spent. And the fact that, well, 300 of it is to the one guy. Yeah, 350. 350 350. is to the one guy. And that's great. Jock and Hanniger and and the two pitchers 
and and probably a couple more things to come. We'll see. I yeah. don't. I mean, I, I can't imagine there'll be anything else significant. No, but no, not big, big criticism. Not big dollars. Two criticisms I had of Farhan Zaidi. One, he'd never signed anybody for longer than three years. And when you look at Manaya, oh, one with an option. And you look at Stripling, same thing. Tiny little deal. And Jock Peterson, one year. Hanniger, three years. Ooh, he really stretched out. <laughs> so they had never signed a nine-figure deal. Now he has. They had never signed anybody for more than three years. Well, now he has. So to me... It, from my seat, those are two big boxes that he checked. Um, let's go to the phones here. 888-957-9570. We haven't talked a whole lot about Brandon Crawford in the last hour. I know that's a question for many. And the word from Susan Slusser, and I, I've heard this in a couple of spots, I think the first move is that you're going to see Brandon Crawford over at third base. And, uh, and, and what an interesting sort of grab bag third base now becomes. Is he the everyday third baseman? Is he mostly going against right-handed pitchers, which is two-thirds of the games? Yeah. Is he doing that? Steiny and I were having that discussion, right? and, and I thought that it's he's going to be in a platoon at third, but uh, also he'll have an opportunity to play short when Carlos Correa needs a right. break. I think platoon plus, because again, if you're going against right-handers, that's usually two-thirds of the games. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. And and but But I think it's even past that. I think they will play Brandon against some left-handers. Defensively, they probably don't love the rest of their third-base options, but from J.D. Davis to Wilmer Flores to David Villar, there are absolutely, there are options over there. I think it could quickly spill into a Brandon Crawford platoon plus with David Villar, who, who's going to get the lefties for sure. Yeah. And, 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 and J.D. Davis there. plays first. Right, and then Crawford does. As you said, back up Correa, and who knows if he gets some time over at second base, too. Uh, but it, it becomes an interesting sort of Swiss Army knife infield. Where do you put Wilmer? Infield. You put Wilmer out and, and left? He's going to get a lot of DH. I think Wilmer... He'll be your right-handed platoon DH. With Jock Peterson. I think that's probably the number one thing he'll do. But yeah, Wilmer can get first. He can get third. Hell, in a pinch, he can go play second base, I guess. So again... And you got Estrada playing second with... Yeah. Fill in the blank. No, mostly Estrada. I think he's going to be your everyday player. Where's Estrada goes going to go against right Lestella. Get Tommy Lestella some <laughs> second base. <laughs> nope. You think they, nope. they're just going to DFA him and eat the money? I, I don't think Tommy Lestella can be on the team unless he shows that he can play in the field. If the foot won't let you field and the bat won't let you be a DH, I ain't got a spot for you. So that's where we're at now, unless his foot changes. Um, Bobby and Los Altos, you're on with Willard and Dibbs. Uh, hey, Bobby, what are you doing? Hey, boys, thanks for uh, taking my call. Yeah, man. Well, I think that uh, in terms of the uh, the Korea deal, I mean, honestly, it probably makes them a better team. It definitely doesn't make them more exciting. But I will give the trade an A minus only for the reason that they have basically taken a miss. The Giants can't offer and sign a big contract and turn it into a reality. And I think when you do that, then maybe good things will happen. So, for instance, if we were to find indisputable proof that there is an abominable snowman, a Yeti, <laughs> find one, we're going to find a hundred. <laughs> Once Phil Mickelson won that first major, that Masters, he won a bunch. You can drink eight gallons of beer. And then once you go to the bathroom, you're going to the bathroom every five minutes. Don't break the seal, Bobby. Don't <laughs> <laughs> oh, break nice. that seal. Don't break no, that seal. No, Bobby, Bobby, you're making a great point. You're making a, a great, great point. Which, Bobby's scoring at will right well, now. Well, I mean, you got beer. We went to the restroom during the call. There was a lot happening there. But there's a really good point, which is, and, and, and let's forget money and let's forget baseball. 
What happened yesterday saved the ego of the Giants fan. We were all walking around going, we're just a big old pile of can't. We can't do this. West. We can't and we won't. We can't do this. We can't do that. Yeah. Giants fans were walking around. And this is one of the things that really was, mm, this was getting to me. Because remember the conversation we had about what level of a brand are the Giants? Are they a top seven brand? Oh, yeah. And a lot of people were like, well, who cares? I guess my point in even bringing that up was Giants fans were walking around life with a massive inferiority complex. Well like, earned. Right. We can't. We won't. Like, he can't. He won't. It was like Giants fans, whether you want to call them the A's, the Rays, anything that rhymes with that. Ugh. And nobody wants that. And the Giants aren't that. And they've never been that. But until this happened, a Giants fan couldn't really hang their head, uh, uh, their hat on a fact. And now they can. So I just think everybody's ego got saved. And a Giants fan can go back to now being like, okay, we, we, we're not moneyballing everybody to death. Right. So that's a big comfort for everybody. It was big for Farhan, but it also was significant for the fan base. You're right. Fans like yourself who, you know, people like me were starting to chip away at you, chipping away at your confidence because, you know, Farhan Zaidi, what he's done with the roster in terms of backfilling, pre-arb three, fines, uh, lost treasures, dumpster diving. It's second to none, his ability to find talent that other teams have cast off. You even mentioned Gosman and Rodon finding top-of-the-rotation arms to come in, one-year rentals, pay him a bunch, have him pitch great, and replace him with somebody else. He's done really well at that. The farm system is something that we haven't yet seen bear fruit, but the big black mark on his resume was an inability to sign a and bring in a free agent. And when you lose Judge, and it seems like everybody else is getting all everything they want, mm. and you're not, it does start to affect you. And to see it affect you, partner Mark Willard, the way it was starting to affect you, it was career. I'm really bust. happy. I'm it, really happy that you were able to. I, you know, you what? were able to come in. You texted the group last night. A lot of exclamation points. <laughs> Captain Positive is back in all, the seat. All I wrote was they did it. Listen. <laughs> I'm so glad. I think there's a tear that came through on my phone. Brother, Tears of joy, brother. Brother, listen to me right Brother, now. you tell me right here, brother. Brother. Thank you. Here's one show I'm so glad I never had to do. Oh, I wanted it so bad. I don't know what I would have done. Angry Mark? You would have cursed on air. Well, it's not just Angry Mark. I'll get angry. We I can, freaking hate this team. We can do that at some point. I've tried. But the day <laughs> the day after Correa signed somewhere else show? With the twins. Brother. I don't, I don't know. Brother. I, I, I don't. I cannot speak to where I would have gone. Can you give me just a glimpse? Can we just do a little role play? Hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll be... I'll be the breaking news guy. The, the the Minnesota Twins have signed Carlos Correa to a 10-year deal for $200 million. The Giants decided not to make an offer. Now we go back to Willard. <laughs> we now rejoin Willard and Dibs. Mark, did you hear the, the fake news? Correa is a twin. I, uh... Swanson's a Red Sox. They're bringing Brandon Belt back, though, on, on a, uh... <laughs> On a qualifying oh, offer. Man. No. What's that show sound like? I, 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 no! No! Brandon Bell! No. <laughs> you can't yeah. even play along. Listen, 
Um, it would have been an absolute. Totally. It would have been an. <laughs> there was an avalanche coming. There was an avalanche, and it, it and it, it would have gone over my head. Uh, like I know where you would have been. Uh, I know where our listeners like would have been. Slop. And I know that I would have been someone that a lot of people wanted to come for. And I would not. I don't believe I would have been. What able do you to, say now, Willard? Yeah. <laughs> what do you say now about your Farhan? Oh my gosh, Mark Abanez would have texted twelve times if that didn't happen. See, yeah. I'd have gotten overwhelmed. I'm telling you, like it, I would not have been able to stop that. That's the point. Like we're all just coming at this from our perspective, and this has always been mine. Mine has always been that when the time comes, they're gonna spend. The time was here, and it was about to expire. Tick-tock. The alarm clock was about to go off, and I was going to be wrong, and I was not going to be happy about that. And it would have changed my perspective about some things, yes. Yeah. God, it would have been a good show. Thank God they said it. <laughs> Seriously. Thank God they said it. Uh, Charles in South City. Hey, Charles. You're on with Willard and Dibs. What you doing? Oh, man. How you doing, Dibs? How you doing, Willard? Good, Charles. We're good, brother. Oh, man, this whole Korea thing, it, it doesn't feel real. But and just think a few days ago, I was saying, oh, I, I, I was down Farhan. And here I am praising Farhan as of yesterday when I seen that we had signed Korea. And I'm praising Farhan all of a sudden. Now, we didn't get Aaron Judge, obviously. But it's a nice little makeup for him, being that we got our star. We got our star. That's what matters. You know? Absolutely, yeah, Charles. Yeah, you're Charles. Right. I mean, and again, I think we both feel that from a baseball perspective, just because of his age, because they spoke directly to wanting athleticism up the middle of the field. Yeah, I, I bet. I don't know about ownership. Ownership, probably not. I think they wanted to give away gavels on the you first know, twenty thousand fans Saturday of the of the week. But what are you I giving think- out with Coran twenty thousand electronic buzzers. <laughs> the first twenty thousand fans it. get a trash can Stop. they can beat. <laughs> Too soon. Oscar the Grouch giveaways. Dang, yeah, I like that. And I wonder if he gets I mean, asked in his introductory in press conference. No, no, I don't think so. Does Jock um, Peterson have a word with him? He was on that 2017 team. Is Grant Cohn on the beat? Can we get Grant Cohn in there to ask That'd a couple of questions? That'd be amazing if Jock Peterson slapped Carlos Correa. Full service. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting to hit you for that World Series since 2018. Uh, Ross Stripling, uh, too, right? Wasn't he on that team? I think so. I, I, we got to look that up. Stripling's bounced around a little bit, but I think you're right. Yeah, he, right. yeah, he was a Dodger. Uh, more of your calls. Mm-hmm. 888-957-9570. How do you grade the Giants offseason now? Plus, Doc Pandy is going to jump in here next. Wiggins, Curry, Purdy, all that with the good Doc. That's what's up next on the game. Brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises. It's Willard and Dips. Take it away, Mark. Ah, come on. Can you just... I'm addicted to Kevon Looney's positivity and the smile. I can't get enough of it. Um, So good. Uh, Tune in to uh, Warriors Live on 95.7 The Game, presented by Xfinity. Supercharge your home with supersonic Wi-Fi, unbeatable internet only from Xfinity. Warriors Pacers this afternoon right here on 95.7 The Game. We're going to get to the good doc here in just a second. As soon as that conversation's done, I got an interesting little graphic that I just saw. Oh. 
with regard to teams and this offseason and free agent dollars. Okay. Interesting little graphic that could lead to game show music. I like game show music on Wednesday. It's possible. Um, But the first thing we need to do is go directly into Cleared to Play, where we take you inside the tent to get you updated on the latest injuries in the Bay. Proud to partner with UCSF Health on this segment and bring in Associate Professor of Orthopedic Surgery, Dr. Narab Pandya. Doc, how are we doing today? What's cooking? I'm doing good. I'm excited about the Korea news. You know, I think that's a great way to wake up. We were, you know, a little bit late last night that news came through. So yep. good news for Giants fans. I'm excited. Hey, while you're on it, injury history. I know we go through this. It's funny to me. Oh, you know, Mitch Haniger, Carlos Correa, they've got an injury history. Yeah, they're they're athletes. Um, right? Can we just blow that off or or no? I think for baseball players in general who aren't pitchers, I'm not super concerned about chronic issues uh, kind of arising. The only area for non-pitchers I get worried about our knees. It doesn't sound like Correa has knee issues. I think it was more of a back issue. So I'm not super worried about it. You get rid of that cutting, pivoting contact that baseball players don't have. So it happens. You play 162 games a year, the body is going to take some wear and tear. So I'm not super concerned about it. Speaking of cutting and pivoting, Debo Samuel likes to do both, and he's quite good at both, but he's out with the MCL and some sort of an ankle sprain. What do you think the prognosis is for the combo injury platter for Debo Samuel? Yeah, I was, you know, I think the report, I think it was Jordan Schultz who came out and said, oh, that he might be able to come back in three weeks. Um, that really indicates to me this is a pretty minor injuries. I mean, we saw the cart come out. Um, he was grabbing his knee. You know, is it a high ankle? Is it a knee issue? Um, I think this is probably the best case scenario you could think for Debo. This probably means it's probably a grade one, maybe a grade one and a half MCL to have a three-week return timeline, and it sounds like a low ankle sprain. Um, so the combination of that is, is really reassuring for him coming into the playoffs. The other kind of blessing in disguise, and we saw this a little bit with Curry last year where he hurt his foot, this might actually give Debo some soft tissue rest everywhere else and have him be nice and fresh and healthy. You get to six to eight weeks out, it's a little bit more of an issue in terms of getting back in shape. But two to three weeks for an athlete like him, those injuries heal up, he should be ready and fresh to go for the playoffs. Doc, what about Brock Purdy? We hear about the oblique. Kyle Shanahan suggested this is a pain tolerance thing. What should we be looking for, particularly on this short week? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We typically don't see oblique injuries in NFL players that frequently. It's more of a baseball pitcher batter from kind of repetitive rotation. Um, And a lot of the data comes from baseball players. So in general, you look at baseball players, it's a a three- to four-week injury. But for football players, it is really more of a pain tolerance issue. There's just not as much torque for a quarterback as compared to a batter when they're hitting or a pitcher when they're throwing. So there are things they can do to control the pain. Sometimes they'll do steroid injections. They're obviously doing all the rehab and things like that. So... I would like to see him throw a ball. It sounds like he didn't do that in practice, at least when the media was there. But as long as he's able to tolerate the pain and he doesn't get hit during the game, there are things they can put around the obliques to protect it. I think he should be fine, but if there's any degree of soreness, it might not be a bad idea to have some more Josh Johnson time um, just to kind of preserve Purdy which we never would have thought we'd be saying at the beginning of the season um, for the for the playoffs. From an oblique to an adductor with Andrew Wiggins set to miss another game tonight in Indiana. What do you make of the prolonged absence so far for Andrew Wiggins? I'm not super concerned. You know, most NBA players, you kind of write around seven games in terms of them missing. So he would, he's missed four games so far. This would put him at five, I think. So um, I would not be surprised if kind of that Knicks-Mets game, that kind of like latter part of the road trip, 
like to see a Wiggins return. Um, if you start to get, you know, suddenly it's game nine, game ten, then I get a little bit more concerned. But it sounds like all reports that you hear Steve Kerr talking about it or Wiggins, I think, um, this is just they're being safe. It's appropriate. And uh, you don't want this thing to linger um, because if you don't have good control of that adductor in your hip, then it can lead to other injuries. So um, not super concerned. I think he'll be back later later part of this week, and uh, we'll get him back. We really need him out there uh, based on how the teams you know played last night in Milwaukee. Yeah, Doc, real quick before we boogie, same team. And Steph Curry listed his questionable tonight with right knee soreness is what they're calling it. Is, is this... Is this uh, is this nothing? What, what what what's your reaction to that? I think they said he, you know he went to the locker room during the game yesterday. I think he ran into Giannis, um, which I think would most yeah. normal human beings that would be three weeks out um, <laughs> <laughs> for <laughs> for Curry. Um, it's probably just more precautionary than anything else. He played, um, you know, but with this road trip, a lot of back to back games, a lot of travel. If they they hold him out, just like with Clay being out tonight. I, I think it's just a safe thing to do. You got to think April, May, not. Uh, not December, January with these players. Yeah, and we don't know if he's going to play. He is listed as questionable, but we do know somebody plays basketball tonight, Doc, and I hate to put you on the spot, but who might that be who plays basketball tonight? I mean, come on, Looney. Come on, guys. Yeah, Come yeah, on. Yeah. Come on <laughs> it's the Pontiac go-to. I love it. Play basketball tonight. Beautiful. We'll be watching. Hey, Doc, thank you. No problem. Take care, guys. All right, there he goes. That's Doc Pandia, and the proceeding was sponsored by UCSF Health. Okay. I want to throw this at you because it's fun. Mr. Spadone, if I could have some game show music, please, I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Six teams in Major League Baseball this offseason have committed nine figures in dollars to players. Can you name those six baseball teams? Six teams have given out nine figgy contracts. So I know the, the, I believe the Yankees are one of them, Mark. Number three. Oh, number three in terms of... The Yankees are number three in terms of total dollars committed. I gotcha. In this offseason, the Yankees are number three. So this is teams who have committed it to their entire roster, not just to one player. Correct. The Padres, I know, gave nine figgies to one guy. $352 million from the Padres. They are number five. I believe... Texas? The Texas Rangers have committed $230 million. They are number six. Okay, so I got the Rangers, the Yankees, uh, and I've got... uh, The Giants have got to be one of those teams. San Francisco Giants. Number one. Really? Number one. Look at Farhan Spendy. Go ahead. You got the other two? The other two are tough for now. Uh, I have to think in terms of uh, big, big contracts. Uh, I know the Dodgers aren't one of them. Uh, Just honestly, this is think about all six of these teams. They are these six teams that have signed at least one player to nine-figure deals. Right, and I'm trying to think who the other teams are who have signed those players. Uh, I man, Verlander is, is a player. So the Mets. I'll say the Mets, Mark. Number two. In fact, um, prior to the Giants signing of Correa, the Mets were being ripped for being the Golden State Warriors of Major League Baseball. Ah, checkbook championship. Way into the competitive balance tax. Steve Cohen spending 
absolutely crazy Verlander, Senga, uh, and uh, and beyond. So for, they are one million dollars below the Giants. Okay. Giants four sixty three, Mets four sixty two. One other team left that you haven't mentioned. Yeah, and this is where it gets tough for me because uh, the old brain ain't what she used to be. Ain't what she used to be. I bet if you think real hard, you can think about somebody who departed, departed the NL West. <laughs> who, who departed the NL West? Oh, it's for, Philadelphia. Yeah. Trey Turner. Number there four. Go. There Thank it you. is. The Philadelphia Phillies. The departed. You had me going. Yeah, the departed. So Boston, boy, talk about the departed. They've been doing that movie ever since it came out. Xander Bogarts, Mookie Betts. Yeah, they're all departed. Anyway, there it is. There's your list. And who the hell would have thought that? Unless, of course, you believed what they were telling you, but I don't even know if I believed this. To be the top spending team in the entire offseason. And even eclipsing a team that has gone so far into the competitive balance tax, the Mets right now, when you factor in the luxury tax, the comp to the Warriors is a great one. The Mets right now are looking at a payroll, if they don't trim it, is flirting with a half billion dollars. With the taxes included. Just like the Warriors. Yeah, geez. And that includes the tax penalty that they're going to have to pay. Correct. That's just madness, too. And the the Giants are not, they're at 463, but they're not spending a tax dollar. They are still well below the tax line. Right, because that Carlos Correa contract, 13 years, they were able to spread that baby out to where by the time you get to year eight and year nine, that thing's going to be a bargain relative to what, if, you know, salaries continue to go up. Another great point. Yeah. I mean, eight years from now when Carlos is making 27 million and Shohei's making 80. Right. Who cares? Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Wow. How'd they get Correa for only $27 and you spend million? spend it now and you still stay below that tax threshold. Yep. That's the, the sneaky genius in this contract. Uh, what's up next on the game is brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking. No compromises. Also sponsored by Bed, Bath, and Beyond. We go into the great beyond with Steiny and Guru next on Willard and Dibs. Dan Dibley here. Squirt. Hey, it's Nancy DiVincenzo. Now back to Willard and Dibs. Take it away, Mark. Oh, DiVincenzo. I might have to go Italian tonight. It's Warrior Wednesday, brought to you by SFO. Go to flysfo.com slash holidays for your chance to win $1,000 toward a nonstop flight from SFO today. I I got Rodon news. You want some Rodon news? Is it... The news, or is this nope. just is this more sources, rumors? This team's in the hunt. This team is circling. This team is this. This team is that. Yeah, it's the second one. Circling? The second one. Yeah, yeah. It's wait. Well, I got sauces. I got sauces. Oh my god! Is it from um, Divincenzo? No, it's not. It's from uh, it's from everybody's favorite baseball reporter. It goes by the name of John Heyman. Hey, man. <laughs> I told you. Yeah, Heyman was not going to be forgiven until the. Giants. It's got a big free agent, and it got broken by someone else. Thank you, Jeff Passan, for being the one who broke the news today, not John Heyman, or last night, I should say. Um, But here it is. Got a full New York Post article specifically about Carlos Rodon and the New York Yankees. Have you noticed that the Giants, everyone everyone they've tried to get who they didn't get, all of them ended up in New York. All of them. I know that they were in on Brandon Bellinger. Nemo. 
but the but, but the three where they supposedly went hard and came in second place. Hard in the paint. Aaron Judge. Yeah, New York. Brandon Nemo. New York. Kodai Senga. Also New York. New York. New York. So I miss superfluous Kodai Senga references. Yeah, it's over. It's all over. Shame. Um, but that could absolutely be the case for uh, Carlos Rogan as well. Rodon says John Heyman. The Yankees have made their initial offer to top new free agent target Carlos Rodon, but word is there is a sizable gap, and the sides still have plenty of work to do. Now, you tell me. Would you do this? Because I've always looked at it, and I want to split the difference on Rodon. Would I love him to be on the Giants? Yes. Do I think the deal that he's going to command is a good one? No, I don't. And I say that in the face of 13 years for Carlos Correa until he's 41 years old. But to me, it's different for an offensive player. I, 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 would, I would do double the years for an offensive player that I would for a pitcher. Um, because it just, again, the four biggest contracts the Giants have sent out to a starting pitcher are Barry Zito, Johnny Cueto, Jeff Samarja, and the re-signing of Matt Kane. And guess what? Eh, 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 eh. Well, almost All of no them. contract of that length to a pitcher works out. I mean, Scherzer's can, literally the only one. You can look historically at all the deals. Yeah. like The Mike Hampton deal in Colorado oh is one gosh. of the most famous ones. <laughs> he got seven years and right. all these other pitchers. And in large part, there's two things that can go wrong. One is a big-time injury, and the pitcher's big-time injury costs you a year minimum. It's the Tommy John. If a, you know, if Sometimes you get a, a position player who gets hurt, and it's a month, a quarter season, a half a season. That's fine. Tommy John's at least a year. Sometimes it's two. And the second thing is the deterioration factor happens a lot more dramatically for pitchers. What would that make it? A deterioration sensation, Thank Mark. you very much, Deb. So, would you do this? Heyman says the left-hander is said to be seeking, and by the way, I don't even care what the money is. Listen to this phrase. This is when I go, I'm sorry, I love you, I want you on the Giants, but I'm out. Listen to this phrase. He is seeking seven plus years. I'm out. Seven plus. I'm out. I'm out. And how old's Rodon? He's, he's 30. Yeah, this is going to take... He wants to go to 37. He's 38. He deserves it, and I hope he gets it. But seven-plus years and at least 30 per year. Right. So he's looking at north of $200 million. Heyman says the Yankees apparently have other ideas, at least initially. So Rodon is their top target. They believe, by the way, that he wants to be a Yankee. But... They can't bridge their differences. They may turn to their next choice, and that could be Nate Eovaldi. So that's that's the word there. He does also say the competition for Rodon, the Cardinals are also in the bidding, and he names the Twins and the Giants as other teams who have been linked to Rodon and the San Francisco Chronicle suggested, and this is from Susan Slusser, that even after getting Sean Manaya and Ross Stripling, that uh, the Giants are still interested in Carlos Rodon. So, um, I don't think they're going to get him. I never did. And quite- well, if the market cools, if the Yankees say no to the years and no other team steps up and wants to give him as many years as he wants, Carlos Rodon might be in a spot where he takes a 
a, a deal like he did with the Giants. I doubt it. I, but if he like, if he's not getting the years he wants elsewhere, maybe he's in a spot where he takes a two year, sixty million dollar deal, one year for thirty, and then oh, that a I, player option for the second. That year. I do in a heartbeat, but, but I don't. That's that's the I, only way he would come back. Yeah, in my I'd, opinion, I'd be shocked if it got there because even if he doesn't get these seven years that he wants, I'm sure someone's offering him five. I promise you the Yankees and Cardinals are ready to go to five years for, for Rodon. And the Giants probably just aren't. And, uh, and the beauty of yesterday's deal is you can't say that they're cheap, uh, and, and that's the reason they're not doing it. They're doing it because through the years, they've been right. When you spend big on long-term contracts for pitchers, it rarely works out. You could say that for almost anyone, I guess, but... Um, the, it, it, the Giants have shown repeatedly that they're going to grab some people on the free agent market that doesn't really float your boat with any wow factor, and then they're going to get a bunch of production out of them, as far as starters are concerned. Yeah. They've done it over and over and over again, from Smiley to Pomeranz to Gosman to now Rodon and others. They do it over and over and over again. And, and yes, they don't bat a thousand. There's Dee Sclafani and Wood who have been, you know, they've had their moments up and down. But I, if there's one thing I've always trusted about this group, it's that. So whatever they want to do, it's starting as far as the rotation. If they want to rob money there so that they can pay Carlos Correa, you have my full support on that. And I don't even think that they need to go out and get another starting pitcher. You've got six right now, plus you've got Harrison coming probably sooner rather than later. June, July, I don't think that he's going to... If he's at all as good as we think he's going to be, he's not going to make 12 starts in Sacramento, I don't think. Yeah, I, I would love actually one more starter. The problem is it's not going to be a high-level guy because of who they've... How are you going to... The whole idea of, oh, who wants to come here? Well, I think that's been debunked. However, if I'm a starting pitcher... Yeah, you don't want to come here. Wait a minute. What are you doing with me? You have six starters exactly. already and guys coming up. Yeah. I don't want it, you know, so... And that's not counting Jacob Junis, right, who I mean, would be a seventh great, starter. Great, great point. Yeah. So... And, yeah, I think that they've got who they... They may sign another starter, but it's going to be another Band-Aid type situation. Yeah. It would have to be somebody else looking to rehab their And I their, think that would image. be if they had an injury during the year. I don't think that they're going to no. sign anyone else now in this winter session. I think the only other piece that they may add is a first baseman. And even at that, you laid it out earlier, they may already have enough yeah. people, enough pieces and parts, as we like to say, to man first base. I think uh, I think if you see more giant signings, the first place they'll go is the bullpen, actually. I, I do think they could yeah. use some more, uh, some more reliability out of the bullpen, which is never 